This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Everyone, how are you doing today? Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time. And I don't normally do a live stream before our 7.30 daily financial news, but given a busy day, I wanted to record this video first. Folks, if you don't know, Graham Stephan released a video over the weekend that has really got me thinking. I think the title of the video was Housing Market is Sinking, something like that. When I watched the video, I've watched it a couple of times now, really what that video turns out to me is how can we understand the last three housing crashes in the last 100 years and how can we take advantage of what is to come? So what I thought I would do is maybe go deeper into what I see in those three housing crashes, really kind of get to kind of the root cause and more important importantly talk about if anything has changed so that we could not repeat what was done. So like Graham Stephan, uh, this particular video is sponsored by the like button or the thumbs up button. Do yourself a favor for a low cost of zero dollars. You can hit the thumbs up button and give it just a little bit of love today. Boy, Graham does that a lot better. He is truly a professional. So let's get into the discussion. The first real estate crash in the last 100 years was obviously during the Great Depression. If you're not aware, during the Great Depression, not only was it a stock market collapse, but it was also a real estate market collapse. What you saw in that last crash was a potential fall of up to 80%. What you saw was not a return for almost two decades. However, what you may not be aware, and what is really the crux of the problem, is housing finance was extremely different in the 1920s. Would it surprise you to know that loans in the 1920s for residential properties, a la your house, your condo, whatever that is, your fourplex, residential, was almost like commercial financing. The terms may have had amortization out 20, 25, 30 years, however, they had three, four, and five-year balloon payments. What we saw in the Great Depression was people were taking on this short-term debt. Yes, I consider five years short-term. These were coming up for refinancing or you know, had to be paid off with a balloon payment in the middle of a recession that ultimately turned into a depression. And people had nothing, couldn't do anything but had to sell back to the bank. We obviously had bank runs and things of that nature. So when you look at what happened to housing finance, it is extremely different today. Most of us, according to some research I have done in the last 12 years, most of us being 98.9% are taking either 30-year or 15-year fixed rate mortgages. Yes, less than 2% of mortgages originated in 2020 were adjustable rate mortgages that could, could have these balloon payment options. 
So one of the things you saw coming out of the Great, uh, Great Depression in housing is the lending structure changed dramatically. In addition to that, you had the FDIC, which now prevents bank runs because you have insurance up to 250K. It has been bumped up to 500 a couple of different times. In addition to that, you've also reduced leverage. It was very common in the Great Depression in the stock market to have a 100 to 1 leverage ratio. So lots of things that caused the first housing crash in the last 100 years simply can't happen again. You were having waves of default because people could not pay their balloon payments or refi into a new loan because banks were running out of money and they were trying to stay alive. So that is point number one. Number two, the second crash, which Graham Stephan talks about, is often referred to as the savings and loan debacle or crash or whatever you want to call that. What wasn't really discussed in Graham's video was actually the thing that popped the bubble. The thing that popped the bubble in the S, uh, SNL crisis was, was actually tax code changes done by the government. You may be surprised to learn, or maybe you are aware, that there was a time in the 70s and 80s where the rich, the well-off, the dentist, the doctor, the lawyer, would actually buy real estate to lose money. Yes, most of that loss was depreciation, but they were losing money so they could take the losses and put it against their income. What you were seeing is there was a rush, a rush to take advantage of this tax shelter. And when there was tax changes introduced, that suddenly made the write-off of taxes against your ordinary income, losses against your ordinary income, unappealing, unavailable for the rich, the well-off, the affluent, guess what happened? Those folks got tired of losing money and they sold their assets. So again, what happened? They took a tax code change that was very beneficial to the affluent, to the doctors, the dentists, the lawyers, the so on and so forth, and said, no, 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 you can't do that anymore. And as you would expect, people that were leveraging that tax code to write off ordinary income, they're like, nope, I don't want to, you know, clean teeth, support clients, do, you know, surgery if I'm going to lose money on my real estate to pay for it. In my book, I call those alligators to tie it all together. So again, when there was an outside force, that changed the rules of the game, uh, as you would expect, a lot of inventory hit the market. That, mar that market obviously got hit because the value of an asset at the time was valued here. You take away the tax benefits, it goes from here to here, overnight, instantly. Uh, residential rental properties, multifamilies were worth less, right? Could that change again? There's talk about 1031, things of that nature, so we need to pay attention. But that was really the cause of number two. Number three, the Great Recession. Uh, if you've been watching my channel for a week or so now, you know I've taken great care to put together 50 years of information uh, about housing all the way back to 1970. Some things that you saw in the Great Recession is five years of negative housing value. I think the largest year from memory was almost 9%. I think it was negative 8.9%. But yes, we had five years of negative housing 
growth or value or whatever you would call. I've talked about this agnosium in this channel because I invested through that recession before, during, and after. And what we were seeing is, frankly, bad lending. What we saw was the ability to securitize the house. We saw the ability with CDOs to chop up that asset into lots of little pieces and put a thousand homes in one CDO or one bond. And what happened is banks got greedy, Wall Street got greedy, speculators got greedy. And oh, by the way, 50% of mortgages that were originated in 05 and 06 were adjustable rate mortgage with 13, I think it was 13.4. Again, I have a video on my channel with the actual numbers. Let's call it 13% of mortgages being these atrocious and should be illegal negative amortization loans. If you don't know what that is, here's a quick example. If your full payment is a thousand bucks, your interest only payment is 800, a neg am loan could have been $400, sometimes called pick a payment loans. And what happens if you pay 400? You slap $400 on the back of the loan. Totally toxic, totally ruinous lending practices. So what we saw was bad loans. We saw greedy Wall Street, greedy banks, greedy speculators diving into a market because every because housing only goes goes up and never goes down. And boom, as those two and 28s exploded, people lost their homes. So really what I want you to appreciate about a housing crash, and we have had three in a hundred years. Lots of things can cause a housing crash, but what I want you to appreciate is a crash. We're talking precipitous drop is a wave of inventory crushing demand. What happened in the Great Depression? Lots of people lost their house. Nobody get a bank loan. Supply beats demand. What happened in, in the savings and loan debacle? Tax change made all of these assets worth less and people sold at the same time. What happened in the Great Recession? Loans were resetting week after week after week after week. Nobody could get a loan. And again, supply crush demand. So why do I bring this up? I bring this up with you because I want to tie it back to that 50 years of data I gave you on Saturday, I believe. A lot of you believe that rising interest rates will crush housing. That is simply not true given 50 years of data. We have a time period between 1977 and 1981 where rates went up 8%. That is 800 basis points and housing still went up. We have another sign in the thing to watch out for is falling wages. We had falling wages in 05, 06. This is 2005 and 2006. That is interesting to watch because housing fell 2006, 7, 8, 9. The other thing to watch is we've had record wage growth, but we've been here before. Go back and look at that 50-year chart, and you can see, I think it was 76, 1976 and 1977, where we had 21% growth in wages. Guess what happened? Real estate goes up. Folks, if you learn anything on this channel, we, we should not talk about real estate prices, averages. It is all about payment. And while, that, while it may be hard to appreciate and may sound terrible, housing was never more affordable in 2020. 2020 was the most affordable real estate market in 50 years. 
average income, rock bottom interest rates, you only had to spend 16% of the average gross monthly income. Go back to 1981, you were spending 46% of your take home or of your gross income. 1981 is a no from a bank. 2020 is a yes from a bank. So folks, again, if you haven't seen Graham Stephan's video, watch it. He is uh, he's a smooth operator, that guy. He is awesome. He is fun to watch. Uh, again, remember this is sponsored by the thumbs up button. So do me a favor. We got 43 people watching and only three thumbs up. Not sure what to do. I so rarely ask for it. But at the end of the day, it is August 9th. And most importantly, I will be doing our daily financial news at 730 right from this park bench. Uh, so I will see you in a few minutes. Have a wonderful day. Bye.